episode of Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, all about the Carol's Levert trade, which happened last night. We're just able to get to recording now. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get into today's show in full, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen. Maybe not today because we're coming a little bit too, but we want to thank you for listening to us every day. And remember, we are free and available Nonsense. on all platforms. We have a loyal fan base. The, the, we They waited all day for us to post an episode, and we are their first listen, right? Sure. Okay, Evan. Karis Everyone's Levert. silently nodding their head in agreement as they listen. Yeah, yeah. They're, just, they're getting scolded by their math teacher right now for you know, just passively doing the homework. Evan, the Cavs have acquired Karis Levert. There's like a lot of stuff that um, we could talk. Like, we're not we're not even on this show because of the little virtue, because of the Pacers game. We're not even going to touch on the Hornets game from Friday, which was like kind of wild. And like maybe we'll talk about for Tuesday show a little bit because uh was just bonkers. And perhaps we need to, to circle back to that one at, at some point in some way because it was just, again, insane and it had playoff implications and everything. But the big news here, obviously, is that Karis LeVert is a Cleveland Cavalier. He is now uh, coming into Cleveland in exchange for Ricky Rubio's expiring contract, a the second-round pick via the Rockets that the Cavs have, a, another second-round pick uh, at, in a future draft, and then the Cavs are getting a second-round pick back and getting, obviously, Karis LeVert back. Evan, this uh, – a, a lot of protected first. So, Kevin, Evan, I want to start here. This price, LeVert – in exchange for in 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 a pick, a, you know, a pick that may not matter, but uh, at least a nominal pick in exchange for Rubio or protected first two seconds. What do you make of the price for what Lovert will will bring the Caps? I think a lot of people are going to try and use the Norman Powell trade to the Clippers as like a baseline for this trade. I think that was more of a salary dump on Portland's part onto Los Angeles. They did get Norman Powell for the troubles, but the Clippers are also like so above the luxury tax. I think this is a smart trade for Cleveland because it keeps them within that luxury tax threshold that they're trying to avoid. They save three hundred thousand dollars <throat> for going over the tax, and like I, so I, I think they're three point yeah. four million under the line now. Then. Yeah, roughly. I think okay. I think the I think the thing to note there is that I think I am of the opinion that I think like rich people can probably like the, it is like the thing where it's like I think like what Steve Ballmer is doing should be more normal among like these billionaire owners, but he's also one of the richest people in the world. Cavs are also owned by one of the richest men in the world, so like they could probably afford it's to do under tax, but there's Steve also. Ballmer. But there's also a well, no, but like few people are as rich as Steve Ballmer. Um, I said as sweaty as Steve Ballmer. Does he dance have with you, Steve Ballmer? Have you, you know, seen it, Have you seen the Have you seen the Microsoft with developers, developers, developers thing? Yeah, I also I also sent you a, a video of Steve Ballmer dancing last week. Um, I probably didn't respond. Yeah, you, you didn't respond because I was this isn't Chris's trolling you face, and you just weren't having it. But I, like Ballmer is willing to spend lots of money in a way that like few owners are in eating luxury tech stuff. But like I that that certainly makes these two things different. And yeah. You know, that's that's what I was kind of getting at is like Steve Ballmer is very wealthy and I think he can more than okay foot the bill on what the Clippers are trying to do. Plus they have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the in the wings. So like they're they're a contending team. There's a reason why they're paying the tax as well. But 
for the Cavs to stay below that luxury tax threshold, which I think was key because I, yeah, Martin Rickman said go ahead. I agree with him. You agree with him. Like, just who cares how much Dan Gilbert has to spend on this team? But it's also smart team building as well not to go above the luxury tax threshold. But in terms of prices paid, friend of the program, Trevor Magnati, calls it a bit of a fallacy where a late of the first round or the second round pick via the Houston Rockets could be viewed as a late first round pick. Um, there are obviously some monumental <clears throat> monetary differences between the two, but I think it was a fair trade. I think this is, I mean, you and Tony East called it more or less a couple days ago. And that's right. That's, that's freaking right, baby. Look at me. No, Chris over here. I wore the same hat that I did. On the yeah, movie. there you go. But like, it's been re- widely reported. Woj reported it. You've heard it. I've heard it. Like the Pacers, we're trying to pry like Isaac Okoro from the Cavs for Karis LeVert, and the Cavs just weren't going to budge. And I think this was the best the Pacers were going to get because they went in with the mindset of a two first-round picks or a first-round pick and a young player. Mm-hmm. Again, the, the the Houston second could be perceived as like a 31, 32, 33 overall pick. Um, so I guess you could technically call that a late first. Again, different contract, but contract implications, but... The Cavs got their guy at the end, and I think that's just all that really matters because this was like one of the worst kept secrets up to the trade deadline. Is like Cleveland was continuously linked to Karis LeVert, and there's a lot of fire behind that smoke. Yeah, I, I think ultimately the price is fair, and I think the fit in sort of in conjunction it makes some sense. Like I, it is not like an A plus plus fit, or maybe even like an A fit, just because I think LeVert is not a shooter, like a plus shooter, because like a thirty three percent three point shooter. This is not and and not a guy that's like a better like off ball shooter, like what he is on offense will, will provide, I think some needed pick and roll. Um, I, I would expect just based on the structure of what the Cavs do, perhaps he will freelance less or at least kind of more um, in ways that are sort of maybe like, I think you're trying to hope to shift what he's kind of been in the Indiana this year, a little bit more towards kind of playing within the, the, the infrastructure the Cavs do have. I, I will be curious to see, you know, how aggressively Bickerstaff goes about staggering him and Garland. I think that's kind of the key to this. I think, if you're looking at Lavert as a way to not just take some pressure off of Daryl and Darius, but really can prop up some of the lineups that don't have Darius in them, like I, I would expect a lot of, you know, if it, it like Allen plus Love, and then either one of Allen or or Mobley is like I think like a way to kind of look at how you're going to see Karis Lavert use, and then it's like Jetty Osmond is probably the fourth guy there if you're going more bench heavy. And then, you know, whether it's, you know, marketing or Coro, um, you know, whomever it ends up being, like there's going to be some some wiggle room there. I, and look, I, I think I think the price is ultimately like pretty it's fine. Like it is maybe like, you, you know, is two second round picks like maybe like a tad. OK, but like, you know, it's a future second round pick that pick the hit rates and those are low. Like this is a guy who feels going to help you now. There's been kind of leakage already that they want to maybe look at signing him to an extension. If you believe this is like a, a guy, and again, we need to see it. Like we need to kind of see how he's going to look the next end of the stretch of the season and whatnot. You know, if you think this is a guy that you want to continue to build with and, and whatever this team is going to look like beyond this season, then this price makes, I think even makes more sense. And I think, I think the fact that they still have that spur second round pick. And at least as of right now, barring another trade where they use a pick in this upcoming draft, um, they have that second round, other second round pick coming in, I believe, via the Heat. They have at least some, like, they have the ability to still go out and get pretty cost effective second round flyers if they want to reinforce into the roster. So it's not like their avenues of adding some younger cost effective talent are, are out the window. They still have, like, maybe they're, they're obviously their best two picks are now off the window. 
um, you know, at least as we understand the roster now, but like they still have guys. And I, and I think you'll see like Lever is going to run a ton of pick and roll. I think he's going to run a lot of ice. So I think he's going to be a guy that gets to the rim and, and how that looks amid the cap spacing will interesting, but he's going to guy that's put rim pressure on and open up some shots for guys. And, and I think, you know, I think Rondo talked about in terms of there being a lot of threats for him that he hasn't had in quite a while. Like, I think these are interesting little wrinkles and it's not going to be, uh, you know, I think a right away kind of perfect. I think the the deadline, I, I think one of the things we'll get to after the break is just like the starting lineup is not going to necessarily be what I think it could be. Once we see Lowry marketing come back, I think we're going to see this stretch where like, assuming he's not back like Wednesday, which I don't think is going to be the case. It, it would seem Isaac Okora is going to get a chance to maybe solidify himself along. If, if like if, if the games go well and everything looks good, like maybe he settles in as a starter. I tend to think that marketing is a little bit of a better fit just because of the, of the shooting you're going to kind of need, but there's a lot of different ways this could go. And I, I, I think mm-hmm. this is like a, if I was going to like grade this up and I think it's like a B B plus, I don't think this is like an A. Give it a B minus. I, I think B plus just because like, I think it provides such a clear need right now. And it's not like, you've not so damaged your future flexibility, right? Like you mm-hmm. like, look, if this goes sideways for whatever reason, there there's a ton of like stackable contracts that are expiring at the end of this Kevin love Karis Levert. Um, I mean, <laughs> Jetty Osmond, because of the non-guarantee, like, you have these like flippable contracts. If you need to kind of go push some other chips in another direction at the end of the season. But I, I like this on paper, but um Evan, yeah. is there is there is there a I'm I, before going to break? I mentioned Love and him playing with Kevin Love. Is there someone else that you were you're curious to see how he vibes with? Is there anyone in particular you want to see how Lavert plays with as we kind of as he kind of gets going in Cleveland, which could be as soon as Wednesday? Um, I want to see how he vibes with Darius Garland. We don't know if Garland will be back Wednesday, um, but obviously you're making this trade with Darius in mind. Back issues notwithstanding, you and I have been kind of banging our fists on the desk for a while now saying that the Cavs need to get some type of secondary creation, some type of just secondary offensive threat in the backcourt just to kind of mitigate some of the pressure that defenses will throw at Garland, especially in the playoffs. Um, I feel like Harris Levert is that guy. I am curious. That's why I gave it a B minus because I'm curious how the fit's going to work because sometimes like a lot of his scoring is ineffective and inefficient, but he does provide rim pressure. He does provide tertiary playmaking. He plays defense. He's a bigger player that the Cavs could realistically play as a two or a three, but he's a three as his natural position. Um, they could play four if they wanted to go small as well. Like there's a lot of interesting wrinkles JP Bickerstaff could do with this. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and just watch how this all unfolds and not be too cynical about it so like i could upgrade this to like a b plus a minus if it like really works out but like you said i think people like hand wringing about him his contract extension being in the ether and then like colin sexton's future as well that's down the line let's just focus on now because garris lever could just not fit either and then we actually have to have that conversation too yeah i would be surprised if that happened to some degree but we obviously just kind of need to see it all right after the break we're going to talk more about this let's talk we'll talk specifically um, about the starting lineup and picking between Okoro and Lowry Marketing for that that starting that starting spot along we assume assume the return start. But first gonna tell everyone about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. And look, it's a new time through New Year's resolution. That means eating some healthy snacks. Built Bar has great protein bars and so many great flavors that include cookies and cream, coconut almond, uh, they had a white 
chocolate cookies and cream that look pretty good. Mint brownie, salted caramel. There's a ton of them. And most of them contain 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Right now, you can go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Use that promo code every time. You When you get, get them now, get them later. Save that promo code that's LOCK15, and we thank them for sponsoring the show. Evan, so starting lineup, if you were going to have to pick today, say, okay, I think this person should start alongside, let's just assume it's Garland, Levert, we'll leave the three spot open for now, Mobley, and Allen. There's that one spot open, and Markkinen is unhealthy right now, which means I would assume that Okoro is the starter there, at least at first. Just, let's mm-hmm. just, just I think that's probably the, a fair assumption. Unless, like, he decides that they need to do Jetty because of the shooting, but like that seems unlikely to me. Which, which would you prefer of Markkinen and Okoro as the starter next to Karis Levert? Can I get a hotter take? I think Karis Levert should come off the bench to start. Okay, I think I think you need to have because the way JP Bickerstaff operates, he's very much of a prove me coach. I think Isaac Okora, like you said, has played really well. I talked about this unlocked on NBA for today's show. Um, Isaac Okoro obviously isn't going to like blow your mind offensively on a night to night basis. Like he's going to have good night shooting and slashing, but like you put him out there for the defense and you put him out there to defend the best wing player on the opposing team. And obviously Darius is penciled in. I think JP Bickerstaff is so hell bent and determined to stick with that three big lineup because they've run over 50 games with it. Yes. They've changed it to this point. They're playing jetty at the three right now, just in place of Dean Wade, um, which is just a, I guess a, a good development to show that the Cavs can show a little bit of flexibility and they're not too rigid about how they want to play their depths and depth chart and rotations. But I think bigger staff very much operates like, okay, Karis Levert, you need to prove to me why you need to leapfrog either Isaac Okoro or at this time until marketing is available Jetty Osmond or Larry Marketing, Larry Marketing comes back in the starting lineup for me to shuffle up the rotation and to have this player come off the bench because that's a hard conversation. These guys have been here for 50 plus games. Granted, Marketing's been out, but like Okoro's been here for a while. He's played really freaking well. And like you said, like he could solidify his case in the starting lineup, much like how like Lamar Stevens solidified his case in the rotation. But I think that's a tough conversation you have to have. But just the way I think bigger staff operates, like he's very coy with his lineups, obviously, but he makes players earn their spots. And I think that added motivation for Levert could help. And also maybe it helps ease him in and acclimates into the lineup and rotation because Bickerstaff also said he's not playing Rondo heavy minutes one because of the hamstring injury and two, because he's not familiar with everyone. And they only have so many practices to go around during the season. I think the luxury of the all-star break adds some extra familiarity that these guys could have with one another. I think the added familiarity to Jared Allen helps a lot too, but I think for now I'd stick with Garland, Okoro, Mark, and Mobley, Allen, with Levert having the opportunity to leapfrog Okoro as a starting two. I I think I would just start him right away because I think one of the things you're going to have to do these next couple weeks is really you you want at least some chemistry between him and Darius. You need them to play together. You need them to figure stuff out. I think the easiest way to do that is okay. We're going to play, let's say, Levert the first four to five minutes of the game. He's our first sub, and then one of these guys comes in, and then Darius can run the range. When it's time for Darius to get his rest, Karis comes back in. He runs a bench unit, and you kind of organize things with those two guys being split, but then you bring them back together. Because like, what, I, I would be shocked, Evan, if we look at this and we say, okay, 
the 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 Cavs clo- like much less than the starters. I think the closing line this is going to be Karis LeVert is on there because you want another ball handler. It is very clear that the Cavs at the end of games have really struggled post Rubio in particular, but like they, they have struggled to just kind of put together functional offense at times when it's just been Darius Garland having to create Levert is a solution to that. And I think, but mm-hmm. I think that does take chemistry with Garland. I think that does take time for them to get familiar with each other on the court. I think to Garland's credit, he is an incredibly malleable guard. I think yes. he's a guy that can play off ball. He's a guy that is willing to do other stuff. I think, this will help him, you know, kind of coming off some screens. I think that there's some different ways you can deploy him. That will be interesting to see and potentially set up Levert for some kind of just easy passing decision and the like. Um, I, I would expect still like I, I the, the one thing I would expect is just considering Levert's injury history. And, you know, he's played 39 games this year, um, missed a little bit of time. And, you know, obviously the cancer scare, which you don't really want to hold against him, but does have yeah. other injury concerns in the past. I, I would wonder if you kind of control his minutes to like a little under 30. Um, you keep playing a coral 25, 30, like marketing comes back. You kind of keep that longer rotation. And we see, I think if I'm picking one of the two between him and to, to go back to the original question for me, at least, I would say I think Markkinen is a cleaner fit just for for two reasons. Number one, I think shooting will matter. Levert is not yeah. going to space. You need like at least one other shooter on the floor. And like if you go Okoro, as much as I think he's been really good, um, he stands in the corner on on offense a lot. There's a little bit of cutting, but it's 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 just kind of one note. Markkinen is going to space. He's going to you can run him off some some simple actions and have him curl around some screens to to get looks at the rim. Like and I also think defensive continuity will will be simple. The the Levert is not going to be a plus defender either. He's definitely going to be a a fit a very kind of niche here. But if you look at Marketing, mm-hmm. you can bring him back. You can keep your coverages pretty pretty much the same, and you know they say pretty similar anyway. But keep that starting lineup kind of looks the same. You change it up at the end of the games, and if you want to play a core, then to be a point of attack guy instead of Marketing, or depending on who's playing better on a given night. But I think Marketing shooting. And then keeping that defensive coverage pretty simple to start with with Levert and kind of have him kind of adjust to the system and also adjust to an offensive system that is going to be very different than what Rick Carlisle ran. I don't think the mm-hmm. what the Cavs run is you know what he ran in Brooklyn with Kenny Atkinson. This is going to be a feeling yeah. out process. So I think it I think is. You, yeah, I think you start him and I think you start marketing just for the spacing purposes. I absolutely agree with that. I think in terms of like a closing lineup, I've been thinking about this a bit. Um, I would probably close with Garland, Levert, Mobley, Allen for sure. And then you can fluidly flip between um, Okoro or Rondo or even Larry Markkinen as well. Because Carter Rodriguez pointed this out earlier this morning that Darius Garland runs 8.2 pick pick and rolls per game. Rondo is at 3.5 per game. Karis Levert runs 7.8 pick and rolls per game, scores in the 81st percentile out of those spots. Like... I think that's a good way to get him familiarity with his teammates as well. And I think adding lob threats like Rondo has mentioned and Mobley and Allen and also a pop partner and marketing helps a lot too. I think it can unlock a dimension in this offense. And I agree. Like you have to close with Garland and Levert and I think Mobley and Allen are the staple. And then it's just like you either play the hot hand or maybe for certain situations, whether it's defense or offense, you throw in a Coro marketing or even Rondo. If you need a third ball handler out there, if you just want to go a little bit more of a traditional lineup. Yeah. Uh, Evan, the other thing I want to know before we go into break is I do think that if there's someone that could be squeezed, Rondo Levert does not strike me as like a particularly like playable pairing. Um, that's shooting just, now. The shooting is going to be really tough. The defense, frankly, is tough for what, um, from what Rondo is as a defender right now. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see like how JB will handle that, handle Brandon Goodwin minutes in theory. Um, certainly, I think if you're building towards a, a playoffs situation, like Goodwin on a two-way deal is not eligible to play in the playoffs unless he ends up on the 15-man roster at some point. So like there are some long-term things you're going to kind of watch as we monitor, but I will be watching the Rondo minutes just to see how that looks, and we'll keep tabs I think on that. I think stay at a cool 20 because – JB was asked about him closing last night and JB's like, he's not really that comfortable yet with the team. And, but JB kind of said like, I would like him to play more minutes. And I'm just like, dear God, please no. Yeah. I mean, if the Cavs, let's, let's just throw this hypothetical out the window. They, the Cavs still have today's Monday. So they Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, four days till the trade deadline. Um, at 3 p.m. Eastern, they could always go get another backup point guard. I listed a few options with the McGee exception. Maybe we could talk about that after the we kind well, of. Well, we, we should talk about the. Game. Let's talk. Let's, we're going to talk about the actual basketball after that. I think there's a lot yeah. to, to get into there. Oh, for sure. Maybe we'll save that for Tuesday's episode. So we'll talk about that. All right, uh, Evan, you have an ad read though, so why don't you do that? I absolutely do. Today's episode of Locked on Cavs is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its marches through the playoffs to the Super Bowl with the Bengals and the former Cleveland Rams taking on each other this Sunday. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Do not, and I mean do not, wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts, and the exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay. Evan, I looked up some of the Rondo Garland minutes so far before we get into last night's game. 82 possessions with those two on the floor together so far, plus 6.1 per hundred possessions. But they're, these lineups like very wildly. Um, I'm not taking much away from them. My gut tells me I don't think they're good, but the, the data so far would tell you they're very good on defense and, and pretty atrocious on offense. But here we are. Sorry, Tom Thibodeau just had a quote. Because yeah, the, the, com- the computers, the computers thing are is- part of the NBA. It's the heat of the moment. It just made me think of you and how J.D. Bickerstaff is like blaming the technocrats taking over the league. Uh, uh, I mean, look, man, you know, it's just we're all just you slaves to the technology out here. Just it's all computers fault. You know, we're all the metaverse is coming for all of us. <laughs> like, they cut, they, you you first, buddy. You they they're they're cutting your your checks. So, you know, you, you're going to absorb into the into the into the hive mind first. That's fine. But tell Last me about let's Say that again. Uh, no, I have nothing else to say about that. Um, the, I I don't think those lineups are particularly. I Rondo stuff does not interest me in a in a meaningful way. But like, there he obviously I, played well on Sunday. So like, I you know, maybe I'm gonna play. And it's clear the Cavs just need to kind of get a younger option at the backup point. I think Rondo's a good presence to have as like a much better break glass in case of emergency, like a la Kevin Pangos. You can play him like end of the rotation minutes, maybe over Stevens or Team Wade at that point, but. You need to get somebody a little more durable, I think, just because I worry he has so much mileage on his body and he's so old. And I know he told Spencer Davies he's in perfect shape and has like, you know, sick flex, bro, but like 2% body fat, but can't relate. But um, it's yeah, it just, just, it's yeah. funny. Cavs patience um, is fun, though. Yeah, the other I think if there's an archetype for Cavs backup point guard now and later, it's like there's two ways you could go. It is sort of score first. Um, in in that kind of energy and kind of doubled down on some of the Levert stuff, or it is like 
can you find the next Alex Caruso very cheaply? Um, I think those well, that's, are sort of that's the, a hard find. I think that's what I'm, but I, I think both of those are hard finds. But I think like that's the kind of archetype you're looking for. Like I'm not oh, saying absolutely. like Alex, you're not going to get Alex Caruso, but if you can get like that archetype, it's the Derek White Caruso archetype, where it's like you handle the ball a little bit, you play defend, you play really good defense, and you shoot threes. Like that's I think probably the kind of guard you're you're looking for. Uh, these this is the guard you're looking for, Evan. Um, <laughs> Cavs Pacers though was was bonkers because. They looked atrocious in the first quarter, like utter, utterly oh, atrocious. They looked and, so flat. And then come out um, in the fourth quarter with Jetty Osman and Kevin Love absolutely going off. Um, in your they notes, you said they went fucking nuclear or exploded. So I, I did. They were just outrageous. Outscored the Pacers 37 to 17 in the third quarter. They win by 13, 98 to 85. Love and Osman are the stars here. And um they, they just need these guys and like this was a game that i think if we look at the big picture if they had lost this game you know no garland obviously but you know no sabonis no brogdon and then Sabonis is in the game no turner oh sorry yeah sabonis this is silly goose yeah i but, started him in fantasy last night that little that little guy made me lose yeah well nine nine points for it's not his best game, but like, you know, obviously the no Levert because the trade happens like right breaks right after the JB Bickerstaff uh, media availability, which is very slick. But this this is like a game you should win. Like this is just mm-hmm. a game you kind of got to check off your box, win at home. Um, kind kind of lucky they did it, but they can thank Kevin Love and Jetty Osmond for for doing what they did in the fourth quarter. I mean. You're never going to get that kind of production on a night-to-night basis from Kevin and Jetty. I just think they were both hot. It was fun to see. Um, I think Rondo really – I arguably think this was Brajan Rondo's best game as Cleveland Cavalier. Wasn't oh, trying it's, to not argu- it's, not, it's not arguable. It's very clear that this was his best game. I mean, 5 of 10 from the floor, 1 of 4 from 3. A lot of those shots were kind of in garbage possessions at times. But, like, when he was on, he was really freaking good. He had – I mean, finished the night with 15 points, 12 assists, 5 boards – Two steals, like a little bit of everything. That's is that's what you want, especially considering like Brandon Goodwin was pretty non-factor himself. He only played 16 minutes this night, so I mean, you take what you can get. If Brandon Goodwin isn't on, that's when you lean more on Rajon Rondo a little bit. But that that was a fun lineup. It was a fun rotation. I think JB Picker stepped the right thing, riding the hot hand and not like subbing guys out too much. And this was just an effective win for the Cavs. Like it was really enjoyable. It was really dreadful after the first quarter. Like you said, like my brain was like flatlining in the press box and then just it started popping. It's just, there's something about this team, man. Like they say they like to win ugly. Um, I liked what Kevin Love said, where they try to play without fear because they have so much faith in one another. A lot of like buzzwords and stuff, but like, they're playing confident. They're playing sure of themselves. Like this is a good team. This is probably the most fun I've had watching the Cavs in a while. And they are a game and a half out. I want to say a first in the Eastern yeah. conference, which is absolutely bonkers to think about. Like they, they won't catch the heat before the all-star break. JB, the NBA announced Sunday that Eric Spolster will be coaching team Durant. It won't be JV Bickerstaff. Um, so like, Obviously can't get into that consideration time, time for all-star, but it's bonkers to think that the Cavs could be in the thick of it. And this Levert trade could be a power move that kind of pushes them back over the edge. So this offense doesn't look so dreadful at times without Garland. Yeah, here's just the the stats on the Osman Rondo Love trio. They all played 10-23 of the of the the fourth quarter. They combined 12 of 14 from the field, 
Osmond was four or five from three. Love was three or four. Ronda was one of one. Osman had 18 points in, in the quarter, the most points he's ever scored in the quarter. The last time a Cav did that was LeBron James, a, a certain guy named LeBron James a couple seasons back. Um, Osman also had se- – Rondo had seven assists in the quarter, like just dropping dimes kind of everywhere around. Um, Osman had two, Love had three, including the behind-the-back one that was kind of like the the, the the cherry on top of the of the, of the the Sunday of, of this quarter. Like – on a, again, on a night where like you know I, everything else felt pedestrian, I mean like Mobley was three nine from the field, didn't make a three three four from the line, only had four rebounds, you know, three block shots, but like no steals, no nothing. Um, you know, Jared Allen had fifteen and seventeen, like kind of, but like five of twelve from the field, not nearly as efficient as we've seen him. Like it was Love Rondo and Osmond that just kind of showed up, and you know, again, like I think you're right to say that you cannot bank on that, but it's like. If Levert can give you another version of that, at the very least, like this uh-huh. team should function better again. Like this is winning a game without Darius Garland for this Cavs team is like frankly, um, like a, an accomplishment in its own right. Yeah, it's um, I, I had low expectations, especially when they said Garland was out again. I'm just like, this is going to be a pretty ugly one. Especially just after the first quarter, I'm like, oh well, just the, the, move on to Wednesday. If, I, as as Evan knows, I was buying a, I ended up buying a couch. Chris the builder, uh, Chris the carpenter, if you will. No, he actually no, he didn't no, buy a couch. He went out into the woods. His wife told Chris, me he chopped down some trees, carved it and shaped it into the frame. No, I, he, I, he tanned I, I was, some leather I, from the I, family I, cow. I don't have a family cow. I just uh, engaged in some some good old fashioned capitalism and, and bought a couch and was yes, comrade. Uh, was figuring out this stuff as this is happening is like, and then my father-in-law and my brother-in-law are like helping me like put it in the house. It was just like a fun. Sometimes this stuff just happens in weird times and you just sort of like going on the fly and it's just like, yeah, this is, this yeah. is all very bizarre. Um, Evan, is this, is this the best, like this, I don't want to say like, this is like the best just because I think it's hard to kind of qualify that stuff. Is is this is this the most confident you've been in in what Osmond provides like since Rubio went down? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, okay, his numbers have really been just inconsistent. I mean, granted, he had COVID when Rubio went down, but even when he came back, you could tell like the lack of Ricky Rubio on the floor was tough. You could tell with Kevin Love at times too. Um, but maybe as Rondo kind of finds that comfort and familiarity, like he made a concerted effort to shout out Jetty and Kevin and Dean Wade and guys who he plays with off the bench more often than not to say like, he's building a lot of familiarity and rapport with them. Um, I, I want to say this was his best. Yeah. Obviously this is his best game without Rubio, but hopefully it's a sign of things to come, especially with the Levert factor. I think a little bit of that extra playmaking, if Garland comes back to like, I think Jetty's going to start hopefully cooking a little bit more. And we, they, they, not we, but the Cavs have a, um, interesting situation on their hands in terms of just shooting and scoring off the bench. The other thing I would just say is people, Can't I know people are like, up like that. Yeah, I mean, no, it, we're all, we're all just, we're all cruising. Um, the other thing that I would just notice is that people were like looking at Jetty being a go. He's like, his first half was really bad. He was really inconsistent, which is, which is true. The thing I will notice is that like with role players, it is not like people can never don't do not expect that. Like Darius Garland is pretty level. Jared Allen is you're muted, buddy. Oh, don't expect consistency from a role player. Yeah. Like Allen is going to be pretty, pretty level, right? Like you have these couple guys on this team that are going to set your standard. 
Osmond's going to be a little more up and down. He's going to be a little more like the the, the the big thing in front of a car dealership that's like waving its arms around. You know, I, I don't know what the technical name for that is, but he's that guy, right? Like I'm he's flying around. Um, this is a guy who is going to go up and down, but he has these really high highs and has a skill set I think the Cavs do kind of need. So I, I, it's it's been a really, really big bounce back year for Jetty Osmond. I think this is one of those reminders that it's been uh, pretty good for him. Um I've been it, let's wrap uh, up here. It, it's a tube man or a sky dancer or an air dancer, originally called the tall boy. Uh originated in Trinidad and Tobago of all places, interestingly enough. We need for the 1996 uh, Summer Olympics. Wow, what better, an interesting uh, story. Yeah, we need better that needs a better name. But anyway, um that's gonna be it for this episode of Lockdown Caps. Thanks for joining us. Uh we'll do another one of these lives soon. We'll take some questions on that one. Thanks everyone who was sending stuff in the chat, but uh, Sorry, we'll, we had a lot to talk about, but yeah, good talking of, points for us to talk about later this week. I've been taking mental yeah. notes on some of the discussions. I've been taking actual notes. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday, and then they play Wednesday on Evan's birthday, and there's a lot more to talk about. Um, we'll talk more about Levert, I think, on Tuesday. And I think we'll do a little bit of Rubio looking back as well, because there, there's a lot we can dive into with one Richard Rubio. Richard. Um, Karis really Levert. Mean. I asked the Cavs. He will be introduced to the Cavs or to the media, I should say, as a Cavalier tomorrow. So maybe we'll give some reacts to that as well. Uh, doesn't have a jersey yet, and Evan, because he just tries to stir the pot. You know, sent out a Larry Nance LeBron tweet, and you know, frankly, um, hey man, yeah. they gave up Kyrie's number to Colin Sexton. Not you know, a little, 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 and Mister Mister. Jersey retirements are stupid over here. Is getting on a soapbox now. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm saying in the world where they exist, I don't know if they're like giving up LeBron's number for Karis LeVert or, or if like they gave it. They give Larry Nance's number. I'm like, pretty sure it's going to be 45 because that's his brother's number because he's not going to take 32 from Dean Wade. I don't think should wear six. That'd be that'd be that'd, no. Pankos has six. Um, yeah, LeVert wore number fun. three for the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> Stole Ricky Rubio's old number. Oh boy. Um yeah, uh tweet us at, at Locked on Cavs your favorite jersey number choice for Karis Levert, Pickerington, Ohio's own Karis Levert. Until then, I'm Chris, he's Evan, everyone. Be well. Have a great rest of your Monday.